Hey there, it's Timmy Manor, and welcome again to the Spirit of Sport right here on 1170 SEN. Joining me tonight, like he does every week, it's my man, Benny Little. Yes, thank you. It's good to be here. Appreciate that. Mm, your enthusiasm is, it, is high as always. Yeah, it felt, it felt extra special Yeah, today. You know why it's special? Because we do a lot of these interviews over the phone, and listen, the phone's fine, but we, I love it when someone's in the flesh. You can just yes. touch it, feel it, see it, smell yes. it. And we've got him in the studio right now. Let's like talk a, a bit about our special guest. After making his NRL debut with the Sydney Roosters back in 2011, our guest would go on to play for over 200 professional games of rugby league across Australia and New Whoa. Zealand. And over in England, um, after retiring from rugby league in 2022, uh, we'll sure let the cat out of the bag now. This guy, uh, he works now with ABC, helping uh, inform and promote the voices of the Polynesian athletes in rugby league and uh, rugby union. Tonight, our guest on the Spirit of Sport is none other. I want to get this right. Taranao Arona. Taranao Arona. Yes, yes. Welcome, son. <laughs> How are you? I'm good, mate. I'm good. I love what? that intro. Oh, thank you so much. I, uh, <laughs> I practiced this over and over again, didn't we, Benny? Yeah, wrote yeah. it myself. You wrote it. Thank you yeah. very much. Did we get it right? Sometimes we get these wrong. <laughs> yeah, we, well, yeah, often yeah, we get so it wrong. We had, um, we had LeVar Ball on the show a couple of weeks ago. And, yeah. Um, yeah. I know. I know his kids' names. Yeah. But... I'm like, yeah. you know what I'm like? Um, what's his name um, from Anchorman? Uh, Ron Burgundy. Yeah, you are. And I'll just read what, what I'm given. <laughs> yeah. So he's sitting right here, and I've gone, yeah, and your two sons in the NBA. But I'm like, yeah. and I've got, oh, no, I got that wrong. Yeah. Well, you got his name wrong. Yeah. I've got, I got one of these kids' names wrong. Yeah, I, was, yeah. I said, your two sons in the NBA, this one, and I'm like, and then yeah. you lost him from yeah. then on. And yeah. it, was a long, it was a long time. It was a long 43 minutes. After that. <laughs> <laughs> nah, he was very graceful. He was fine. Oh, oh, actually, when sport. I got asked to come on the show, I done a bit of YouTube and Googling and I seen LeVar Ball and I'm like, nah, I ain't going after that guy. <laughs> it's, and I go, it, Mitch, Mitch Allgood, I go, you stitched me up here, mate. <laughs> <laughs> it's a, we, we, well, respectfully to LeVar, we, we actually, it's almost an upgrade. You yeah. know, I'll say we've got uh, yeah. some, some NRL excellence in the room. Mm-hmm. Um, mate, tell us about life now. You've, you've finished up, you're back at home in Australia. Uh, how's the last couple of months been? It's been a journey. Um, a very crazy one, exciting one. If you asked me this time last year, uh, I'd be in this position. I would, would never be able to believe it. Um, I've come over just with this attitude of like, say yes to everything and just see what's ha- what happens. Um, yeah, yeah. So I think I, this time, I think it was last week, I had about four different jobs. Um, big thing with ABC Radio. So we run our own radio show. Yep. Uh, it's called Nesian Footy, and I run that with Sam Wikes, um, ex-rugby union player. We co- I cover the rugby league side. He cover- covers rugby union. Now, tell the our listeners how they can hear that. So they want, is it looking up the app? Is it online? Is it yeah, so it's on, uh, the, on, on the air? I, it's iView. iView? iView app, yep. yep. Um, so they, they'll do that every Tuesday, upload our, um, or Monday nights, upload our episodes on that stream. It's Targeted to the Pacific Islands, so PNG get it first at 6 p.m. Oh, right, and nice. And then it um, goes across the Pacific. So, yeah, we're trying to keep that relationship with um, and share the Nisian stories to the Pacific I love Islands. That. I love yeah. that. Awesome. But you're you're way too pretty for this, mate. You got like me and Benny. <laughs> we've got a good head for radio. We, yes. you know, it suits us to hear our voice without seeing us. Um, how, how are you finding it? It's a, it's a new challenge. You got, like we spoke about off, off air about. Um, you know, playing rugby league, you're so used to, um, you know, feedback. So you, you play a game, you come to the coach's box, uh, coach's office on a Monday, get told how good or bad you were. Um, doing radio, and I found that pretty challenging at the start. 
you know, you kind of do your thing and then you kind of left in the lurch of, was I good, was I bad? No one's really telling you much in return. Um, how are you finding it and um, the transition in general? At first, man, I was quite nervous. Um, had no idea what to expect. Got behind the mic and luckily I'm with Sam and we, you know, we knew each other from when we were kids and um, so we've got that relationship already. So I felt quite comfortable speaking to him. Um, but it was more about, okay, how can I get better at this, at this, in this space? How can I work on my craft? You know, when you're playing 40, you can go down to the park, kick the ball around, practice your passing. When you're practicing radio, you know, I think on my, um, in my view, you just sit behind the, when you're driving <laughs> and you just pretend you're talking to someone. Yeah. Um, yeah. Try and hit the notes right, try and get the right tempo, get your sentences, um, correct. And yeah, you're right with the feedback. So I'm asking producers, I'm asking people in the office, I go, was that all right? Is that okay? <laughs> and they're always going to give you, that was awesome, mate. You're doing great. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I want that meaty stuff. I'm like, nah, you can improve here. You yeah. Improve yeah. Here. For sure. Cause, yeah. um, yeah, being a professional rugby league player, we're always looking at ways on how we can get better. We, uh, we've built some habits on, you know, trying to improve every single day and trying to take that on to our next life is, mm. um, is the key. I, f I think anyway. Yeah, you did do a course, didn't you, Timmy? At one stage <laughs> back in the day, what? I did actually. Jason Stevens enrolled me in a course, so oh. I was remember the NRL rookie camps. Yeah, so it was, I didn't play the NRL yet. I was only a kid, oh, wow. um, in the twenties comp. And um, Steve, I took him under his wing and said, "Mate, I want to enroll you in uh, TV presenting at NIDA." Gee, it was, it was awkward, man. It was wow. awkward. Did it help? Wow. It, it helped me in my career so much, not just with um, being in front of camera, but also just public speaking. So, um, but also understanding what you know the camera how it works how to use your hands what yeah. to do and so there's, i got so many good tips out of doing it so it was a good it was a good course to do but um yeah it, with the radio you kind of just chucked in the deep end and yeah no one cares about your hands on the radio no one cares about your hands on the radio <laughs> <laughs> everyone's got a pretty face for the radio <laughs> yeah yeah exactly um and you your story is pretty special but let's start right from the start um you're a western sydney uh fellow western sydney yeah. uh how did you get involved with league to start with uh, so I was born in New Zealand and I uh, grew up playing rugby union. So uh, I was born in Dunedin, south of New Zealand. Oh, nice, yep. Um, not many Pacific Islanders down there, home of uh, the Otago Highlanders. Yep. Um, yeah, so I grew up playing rugby union. Went, lived in the Cook Islands for a year. So my grandparents took me and my brother. We got to, and I, I think I was about nine years old at that point, lived one year there and got to really embrace our culture, um, understand what the island life's about. I didn't want to move back once my parents said, all right, it's time to come home. <laughs> um, from there, we ended up coming back. And then as most Pacific Islander families do, my parents or my father came here for uh, work opportunities. And he, he was a steel fixer, earned some decent cash, and then saved enough to bring my brother and my mother out to Sydney. And, yeah, we, we were based out at Western Sydney. And, um, yeah, there was no rugby union there. It was all rugby league. Yeah, right. And yeah. all I love to do is like have that, you know, that footy ball in my hands and that was my sport and because all my friends were playing rugby league, that's how I got involved. Was, I just wanted to be a part of um, the main sport, which was rugby league and play footy with my mates. Yeah, that's yeah. awesome. What age was it where you thought I could have a crack at this? I could, I could be pretty good. Um, there was a, quite a... Three. <laughs> <laughs> nah, it was, I was actually 15 when I first said, okay, I'm going to make this I'm going to make this my dream and play NRL there was a point in my life where so you know the schoolboys competition New South Wales CHS 
So I went to Colleton High School, it was a public school out west at Colleton, um, and I played for. I made. I made. End up making the New South Wales CHS under 15s team, and I was the captain. So you you go to the schoolboys competition where you play Queensland, um, New South Wales combined Catholic schools, independent yep. schools. Yep. So we had that tournament. We ended up making the final. Where, where was Queensland. that? Uh, that was at Adelaide yep. that year. And all the boys, so... Ah, so you're, you're my brother Johnny's age. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah I only played there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so all the boys played, um, they were in the Catholic, combined Catholic schools um, team. So we had like Lance and Judah, Willie Issa. Yeah, um, yeah. I think Israel Palau was in that in that year as well. Daniel Rocky. Um, so yeah, we ended up playing in the final against Queensland. Lost the final, but I was like, nah, it's all right. There's still hope for me to play, make this Australia schoolboys team. So they, they create a... Australia under 15s team from the schoolboys competition. Yeah, I was standing there as they're reading the team out. Obviously, still upset that we lost the final. I was a captain, so I'm like, yeah, surely I'll get in this team. Hear all my mates' names get called out, and then got to number 17. I still didn't get called out. Ah. Mate, heart was broken. Um, I still remember it to this day. I went to the sheds, took a seat, and just bored my eyes out. Mm. My mum had to end up coming in and wrapped her arms around me and said, "It's all right, son. Everything's gonna be okay." Um, my coach at the time there, he was like, it's all good. You, There's still players that don't make this team that can that go on and play NRL. And I said to myself, I go, all right, it's my, this is my time. This is my turning point. I'm going to make sure that I prove everyone wrong, especially those selectors that picked that team. Um, yeah. And it was at that, at that point when I realized oh, I'm going to do everything possible to um, play NRL. That's awesome. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah, I remember when I was um, I was 18 and I was playing SG ball a year above and they had the New South Wales under-19 team that played before Origin, which is a big deal. And someone told me um, I was in the team the week before it was going to get announced. So I had my hopes up so high. I was like, how good is the, the Australian team? Uh, the New South Wales Origin. They played before the Origin oh, team. Oh, yeah yeah, 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 yeah. And when the team got announced the following week, my name wasn't there. Someone told you you were going to get yeah, selected. Yeah, yeah. Someone said you I didn't get selected. Yeah, yeah. So wow. someone said I got, I got into it info that you didn't, you're going to get selected. I think they ended up going Timmy Grant that year. So, and... It was just that that shattered feeling, man. It's hard to explain, and I'm a parent now, so it's. I reckon it's it's good. Like as much as you don't want to see your children go through heartbreak, and yeah. you know, as a parent, you want to kind of intervene. It's actually so healthy because like you use that as motivation to go to that next level. And the same as me, I was like, that was my point. I'm like, okay, I want to prove everyone wrong. I should have been there. Yeah, I want to prove that I can make it. Yeah, yeah. it started uh, that fire in your belly. Yeah, and it's like all right, now it's time. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, start yeah, proving some people wrong. So you guys, you would have played with a lot of you know handy young players, especially you were in the penalty comp at that time. Yeah, mate. Um, so our twenties team, that first twenties team in two thousand and eight. Yeah, yep. I think it was eight players from that team ended up debuting that year. Wow! For the Penrith Panthers, really? Yeah. So that guys <laughs> like um, Masada Yosefa. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, Michael Joe, Jennings was that age. Michael I mean, Jennings, he was already yeah, playing. Yeah, so he, he was playing with the six. Yeah. yeah, he wasn't. He didn't need to play with us. Yeah, he was yeah. already playing great. Uh, yep. Um, I think Timmy Grant was, might have been already up there. Sam McKendry, um, Joseph Paula, he played that, yeah, that yeah. year as well. And then a lot of players after that year went on and played in a row at different clubs. H- How did you find it? So you obviously you play with all these guys growing up. So you play Harold Matz, two board, like under 18s, 19s, whatever it is, and then. You start one by one seeing your mates debuting. Yeah. And you play with them for like the last, you know, how many years? And you're in the same category all these years. And all of a sudden, you're waiting for your turn. Yeah. How, how did you go during those years waiting for your turn? Um, so, you know, after SG Ball, when, so SG Ball is under 18s and then there's the Toyota Cup is 20s. Yeah. So, you, 
they had a period where they didn't know what to do with the players that weren't good enough to play two years up. Yeah. And that was myself, Jesse Senalafeo, oh, yeah, yeah. Sasai Vave, Daniel Panizzi. So it was our, an oh, what a crew. <laughs> yeah, and no. they trained us, no joke, four days a week. In the morning, we get flogged, go to work, come back and get flogged in the evening. Really? <laughs> did Vave have a six-pack? Yeah, he did have a six-pack yeah, back yeah, then. Yeah, of course. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this was before we went to Titans. But <laughs> they called this, um, this training group the Edge Squad. And we call our group to this day. Yeah. Oh, that's oh, awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. But that, if you don't know that those guys there, they're all characters, man. Right. Each of them. Like, oh, right. Yeah, yeah it was all... a real good time, man. But we were like competing during training, any training drill. Like they caught, they had this um, training test called the Wiki Blitz. And it was named after Ruben Wiki. Oh, yeah, yeah. And where you do the rower and all these cleans. And oh. we were trying to like, break each other's records like right, I'm gonna, if you're going to get that time I'm going to beat that time and it just made That's us good, better yeah. competing against each other um, Daniel Penizzi was the first to make his debut and we are like alright sweet if he can make it we can all make it Yeah. Saivave made it I made it um, in 2011 and then Jesse made That's it That's cool yeah, and sick. a bit later so yeah, uh, yeah still close to to this day uh, we're all godfathers to each other's kids cool. and yeah. we're all part of the same um, groomsmen at each other's weddings and yeah, it's been a real fun journey, but them them core values that we grew as a as a young unit helped us in our further yeah. in our careers. Are you guys still all in touch together? Do you have a chat? Do you have yeah, like yeah, an, we got an chats, edge chat. Yeah, yeah, yeah we do. It's chat. actually called edge. It's on, my, it's on my Instagram inbox. Oh no, that's cool. <laughs> Is it um like Penrith back in those days, and even to these, like everyone's looking at the success of Penrith now. It's always been a good catchman with heaps of young talent, local talent. Um, what was the club like back then to like come through the grades of that club? Similar to how it is now, I, the way I see it, after travelling away overseas for how many years, Penrith has always been the heart of rugby league, or Penrith and Parramatta, we always competed. Yeah. Parramatta actually beat us in the SG ball. Um, Anthony Mitchell was part of that too. Oh, my brother was in that team. Yeah, your well. brother was yeah, in that yeah, team, yeah. yeah. And we, that still heart, uh, breaks our heart to, that, <laughs> to this day. Um, <laughs> We still claim that we kept the Hal Matthews Cup though, yeah. um, but just the the talent pool out west. It's I feel like it's everyone's playing footy from a real young age. Um, you're building core foundations with your skills by playing tag, touch, rugby league. So you grow up playing the playing the game, and there's no you know you can see why Penrith Panthers are the best in the yeah. in the world right now. Oh. Would say Saint Helens, but uh, you know, like about Penrith, they they own they own where they come from too. Like it's they're proud of where they come from, and they've got an identity there that a lot of NRL clubs don't have. Like yeah. you look at um, uh, I think South Sydney have it, but you know West Tigers or Dragons, uh, like no one there's no because it's a merged club. Yeah, um, there's no identity in the area they come from. Whereas yeah. you know, you look at the Penrith Panthers now, and even back in the day, they all own. We're all like we're all Westies. Yeah. They own it. You know, um, yeah. and it's just. It comes out in the way they play. They've got a camaraderie there, even now at the NRL level. Like those boys play with each other the way, in a way that's hard to coach. It's like they've got a connection there that you can't really coach. Mm. Um, it, growing, through, growing up there, you obviously experienced Penrith, but then you end up moving off to a different club. Did you go from there to Roosters, was it? Yeah, so I, pick, I got picked up from the Roosters in 2010. Yep. It was the end of the 2009 season, and we had the Pacific Cup at the end, end of that year, and I went and played for the Cook Islands. Um, 
and I think about three, four of us Cook Islanders ended up going to the Roosters. Oh, uh, really? So, so Tuckers? Tuckers, Daniel Fapuluai. Joey Manu. <laughs> Joey, nah, not Joey Manu. There was Daniel Fapuluai as a hooker, Anthony Gelling. He was there as well. Yeah. Um, Dylan Napa. Dylan Napa ended up playing further down the line. But, yeah, there's been a fair few Cook yeah. Islanders that have gone through. And, um, yeah, I got picked up at um, in 2009, and end of 2009, sorry, and done the preseason there. I was just on a training trial kind of thing and signed to Newtown for that season. But after yeah. the preseason, Brian Smith, he was the head coach there at the time, and said, oh, are you keen to stay full-time and we can see you developing as a player here? I'd rather keep you here with us. And, yeah, I was over the moon. Happy as. What a club, man. And what was that? So you were from experiencing Penrith, I guess, to the other end of town. It's from west to the east. What was that club like back then? Because I know Brian Smith isn't there anymore, but, you know, the Nick Politis is in the other world and Arnie Cathy's and that are still around. Yeah. What's that club like culturally compared to other clubs? Uh, so when you live in Penrith, you stay in this little bubble and you feel like the rest of the world does not exist. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep, yep. So yep. I was stuck in this little bubble my all my um, <laughs> school years. And I went to Sydney Roosters. I, I remember walking into the door and um, down at the SF, uh, Aussie Stadium there. And there were names, there were faces like Mitchell Pierce, Ray Finasta, Anthony yep. Minicello. And I'm looking around like, these guys are all superstars, and here I am, kid from Western <laughs> Sydney, just walked in the door. Um, but yeah, no, they were lovely. Yeah, they embraced me. Auntie Kath was the first person that like gave that big hug around and yeah. uh, hug around you once you signed your contract, and you just felt so welcomed, part of that family culture. Um, the one thing that I was really grateful for was Trent Robinson was the assistant coach there at that time, and being assistant coach, you get to spend more time with. The extended players, I got to spend a whole year just learning from Trent Robinson one-on-one after every Newtown game that I was playing. would go through my, through my games wow. and he'll yeah. just like pick it apart. Um, and I feel like in that, him and Rowan Smith as well, but I felt like in that year that built that like that base for me yeah. to be able to go on and um, yeah, be successful. I've, yeah, and enjoy my the rest of my career and sort of understand my role as a player. Yeah, and during your time there, did Sonny Bill end up signing there as well? Yeah, he was there in 2013. Oh, this is my fame to claim here. Yeah, come on. <laughs> yeah, come on. So uh, the game where Sam Burgess runs over Sonny Bill in 2013, round one. Yep. I was the little kid next to Sonny Bill and jumped on <laughs> Sam Burgess' legs. After <laughs> oh, that. really? Yeah. In, in frame, trying to get in frame. Just, <laughs> no, so he... They kick the ball, drop out to him, and I just remember him just eyeing Sonny and just steaming. I'm sitting next to him, like, still... Early 20s, I'm like, do I just step out here and try and put a shot on? But it was my left shoulder. I can only put big shots on my right shoulder. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's my excuse too. <laughs> and then, um, yeah, all of a sudden you see Sonny gets stuck in the chair. Sam, Sammy goes over the top and I've just jumped on his leg and tried to pull him down. <laughs> um, but yeah, I always, when people ask, did you play with Sonny? I go, yeah, check out that clip. Oh. <laughs> what was he like though? Because I hear a lot of stories about how he helped you know, take that professionalism at that club to another level. Did you notice much of a difference when he signed? When he signed, he, he has that NBA aura where you walk. He walks into a room, yeah, and everyone. He's just got this energy about him that like, like that superstar NBA kind of vibe about him. Yeah, um, I was kind of shy, like just to have him in the be in the same room with him. Um, but just to be able to learn from his professionalism and the way that he went about his work, and he was like the hardest work in the room every single time. Yeah. Um, 
yeah, still grateful that I got to be on the same field and share the same jersey with him, but more so I'm just um, learning from how he went about his training and his off-field stuff. Yeah, he, he, um, he athletically is a freak, wasn't he? Mm. Who do you reckon is more athletic, him, him or you? Me? Yeah, you. <laughs> <laughs> I think he wins, mate. Yeah, just. Yeah, yeah. Only just. Was it kind of like if he was on your team, you're like, oh, we could we could easily win the final here. We could go all the way. He gained, he instilled this belief in every single one of his players that I've, I've, I'm guessing every team that he's played for as well, that they are the best player in the competition yeah. or they're the best team in the competition just because they have Sonny Bill in their team. You know, you'd run out with that confidence knowing that you've, he's in your corner. Yeah, some um, players just have that, eh? Yeah. Like you with, with Jared. Jared was like that. Yeah. I think, I think Sonny Bill had a different level of professionalism, though. Like, oh, yeah. It, what he did was make other people want to be more professional. Right. Hayley was just a freak. Like, natural talent. Yeah. Um, could carry a team on his shoulders and, and, make, and do it all for you, which yeah. kind of, to probably... The negative of that was people relied on him too much, so yeah, right. they they just hoped that he could do it all. Yeah. Whereas Sonny Bill had this thing where he tried to like, you know, take them all on the ride with him and make them more everyone professional as well. So, um, and you hear so many guys leave Roosters talk about how you know they they changed their diet because they they worked with him or they bring notebooks to video sessions because that's what Sonny used to do. And um, yeah, so a lot of that stuff culturally was would have rubbed off on the team, and yeah. there's no surprised he had success in his career the way he did. They had other great players there at the time as well that it wasn't only Sonny. Yeah. Um, a big a big one that I noticed was Anthony Minicello. Oh, yeah. yeah. People say he was the best player that you played with. I'd say as a professional. The cat. The yeah, cat. Wow. Yeah, wow. He was doing rehab stuff before rehab was even a thing. Yeah. I remember going into his rooms during Origin and it was like I was in Bali. <laughs> there was like all these, you know, yeah. like... I was you know, back in the day with like MCT or all, all this stuff now that which everyone's a lot more aware of what they yeah. are and the benefits of all these supplements. But he was doing stuff like way before anyone knew what they were. Yeah, uh, he was right into you know the whole organic diet and he just he, he treated his body so well. He was walking through the sheds with the this bottle of um, I thought it was yogurt, and I go, oh, can't what flavor yogurt is that? He goes, mate, this is cream. I go, what do you mean cream? He goes, it's full cream. You're eating just the jar of full cream. He goes, yeah, it's good for you, mate. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. If I eat that, I feel like I put rolls on rolls. And he goes, yeah. no, no, this is um, it's good for you. It's good fats. And I'm like, that was the first time that I realized um, yeah, this guy's onto something. Yeah. But there's so much like education about it now. Like the stuff he was into back then uh, was so quirky. But now it's like, oh yeah, that's oh, he's all doing a, a mm. keto diet or kind of like, or, or paleo, whatever. Now everyone knows what they are. But back then it was news. Um, and he treated his body so well. Like, you know, he'd go out of his way to make sure he's getting extra treatment and looking after the professionalism and all that. I got to watch Roger Tuivasa-Shek be his shadow for about two seasons. Yeah. And he just, like, everything Minnie was doing, Roger was doing. Minnie was always um, you know, the first one on the field, last one on the field. Yeah. He'd be doing 20 minutes after everyone's already left, you know, catching under pressure, people putting grubs, grubbers in and he's trying to get out the end goal. Yeah. And Roger was just following the whole time. Really? And then um, when Roger started coming through the team, they were switching Roger from the wing and then getting them to attack at fullback and then going back out and defending that wing because yeah. um, Minnie was um, probably more experienced in the defensive end as a fullback. Yeah. So I got to see that kind of development as another young fullback come out and um, follow yeah, one of the greatest. I love that because mm. it's like that generational, that, that leadership stuff that passes yeah. on from one generation. And it's it's so good when people go out of their way to help as well. Like I was like, I had Kalis when I was coming through, but it's so easy for a, 
Minicello or Nathan Kalis to get protective of their position and, and kind of rather than wanting to help the next generation get defensive and you know, these guys come from my spot. You know, but I love when leaders can actually, you know, look at it selflessly and say, I'm, I'm, this is my legacy. My legacy is helping the next generation, helping this kid come through. So now, like, look at Minnie's been retired for that long, but he still had an impact on the, on Roger's career and everyone that Roger touches because of what he's done. Yeah. And I love seeing the impact that can have. Yeah. I think that comes with age as well, whereas you get older as a, um, as a NRL player, you start to understand, all right, now I need to start helping these younger kids yeah. get better because I need to build my legacy now. And yeah, start yeah. passing on the knowledge that I have. It'd be selfish of myself to take this away and retire from the game and not give that back to the younger yeah, kids coming yeah, through. Yeah, 100%. It's, uh, it's a, it's a, but it still takes a selfless person to do that because you have to go out of your way to do that. It's not something that just happens by chance. Um, and Roger, man, I remember playing Roger. I remember when Roger was playing, we were playing at Paris Stadium. I didn't know much about Roger. I said, I was just watch his footwork. And it was a kick chase. And I've, <laughs> I've gone down in the field, kick chase. I'm ready to tackle him. And he's right in front of me. And before I know it, he's right next to me, like on the side of me. I'm like, how did you get from there to here? The flash. Uh, and I'm just trying to just grab his legs if I could. But, uh, yeah, he was he was a freak. Um, yeah. His footwork's amazing. That left foot, man, is dead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And now he's coming back. He's coming back to Warriors next year, which is great. What's your thoughts on that? The whole you know rugby union, rugby league. I know it's in the media a lot now. Um, is you know you you grew up playing union. Is there one sport that you think um, you know? Like for example, as a forward, I think it's hard to transition from league to, or union to league, vice versa. I know Ben Teo and Sam Burgess did it, but it's Brad Thorne. Not as easy for yeah. a back, but a back can actually transition quite easy between the both. Um, what's your views on both sports and, and where they're headed? I think with NRL or sorry rugby league, you have to be a sort of like an all-rounder. You have to be fit, fast. You can't be 140 kilos and trot around the field. Uh, whereas at Rugby Union, you can be a specialist at an outside back, as an, as an outside back or a prop. And you can have those yeah. 140, 150 props. That, and they remember, they don't have to run back 10 metres every time um, after making a tackle. Yeah. Um, two di- I think it's two different sports. I like to have this argument with Rugby Union players and say, we play checkers, you play... Uh, sorry. Rugby league played checkers, you played chess. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, sorry, other way around. Rugby league played chess, rugby union played checkers. Yeah, right. But, um, but in what way is that? As in, they they sports. I think because we, we there's actually sorry talking to rugby union players, they they can't see the, the technical side of our game. Yeah. But then vice versa, we can't see the technical right. side. Right. Yeah. Of the game. Gotcha. Gotcha. Uh, that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, did you ever get tempted to play union? Did you ever want to make the switch or? Nah, once I played rugby league, that was, you know, that was the, uh, the I'd say the love of my life, but my wife's the <laughs> Yeah, life. careful, mate, careful. <laughs> <laughs> you should Good definitely time. be listening to this. One yeah. of the yeah. love of my life. Yeah. <laughs> did you, um, ever hear, you remember the Kefu Cup? Did you hear the Kefu Cup? Yeah, I played a couple of Kefu Cups in my time with I wonder, uh, Barbie. Did we play in the same year? Or? Nah, I think it might have been earlier. But I, play, I remember we were... We come through with um, Society Vavi. I think you might okay. have played along with um, Masada. Yeah, yeah. So I played the year that um, our, our fearless captain was your co-host, Sam, Sammy White. Yeah, yeah. So he was our skipper. We ended up winning the grand final like 62-0. But it was the most fun. It was my only experience in Union. Oh, I loved it. I had so much fun, man. It was it was a good time. We had like we had a stack team. We had a really, like, it was mainly, mainly leagueies and Sammy. Um, but it's just, yeah, I think it's just one of those – there's perks to the Union, I guess, you know, playing – internationally and, and having more of a global presence and mm-hmm. a global brand but um i just i just 
I reckon the sport's not as entertaining as league. I'm, maybe I'm biased, but I just don't feel like I enjoy watching it as much. I struggle watching rugby union. Yeah. Um, when you watch a different, it's funny because different countries actually play a different brand of footy. Yeah. So the French actually play a real entertaining style of rugby union. Yeah. I only know this because uh, my cousin Lima Sofuanga is over there playing. Is he your cousin? Yeah, yeah, yeah. First cousin. Um, um, our mum's uh, sisters. Right. So um, he's over there playing for Lyon. So it forced me to watch a bit of French rugby. Yeah. And I remember watching, I think it might have been Toulon. And I go, man, this team can play like that, throwing the ball around. The halfback was rapid. I go, who's this halfback? And he goes, he's the best in the world. They call him the French Aaron Smith. Ah, right. Um, and then uh, talking to Sam, he's like, yeah, and South Africa, they play like a you know, month, like they're all strong, strong. and they're strong. up yeah. the guts kind of um, style of play. The All Blacks are very technical, but also on their set plays, they, they've got strike weapons right across the board that yeah. they go to at the right times. Um, but still, I'd, yeah, I'd struggle to watch a rugby we had, um <laughs> We had Beast on our show, so Tendai, um, on our show a few months ago. And every time I speak to him, I feel like a mouse. Like, <laughs> he's just got this deep, deep value yeah, to him. Yeah, and yeah. Just, he's as thick, he's like, he's as, thick as he's wide. I hate to like, pack him a scrum against him. Like, he's just such a strong man, bro. Um, you saw him over at the Super Bowl as well, didn't you? Yeah, he was over there at the same time as us. He signed with, um, with Jay-Z's company, Rock, uh, Rock Nation. Oh, yeah. um, and was a rugby union player? Tendai, yeah. So he played for South Africa for oh, for years and years. The Beast. Um, oh yeah, yeah. I know what you're talking about. And, yeah, yeah. Uh, he retired after the World Cup win. So he's now living the dream. Just travels the world. He's got his own wine label. He's signed with. They got him as an ambassador for the UN, and he travels the world just uh, kissing babies. And, and he was in the studio on the on air. Oh, well. we had we had him on the on on the phone that one. I think I yeah. think it was from, from South Africa. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, good. Uh, but yeah, he's 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 a good man, man. And yeah, to share his awesome. story, his story is incredible. He Came from um, Zimbabwe as a as a fifteen year old with a backpack to D- Durban, yeah, and just wanted to make it in, in as a springbok. And before you know it, he's uh, it was like a cult figure, like the same way yeah. the the, the para fans love Fui Fui Moi Moi. He had that same every time he ran the ball, the whole crowd would go boos, like yeah. just like is that cult figure for them. And yeah. I think um, the Wallabies they have Tanyala Tupo. Oh yeah, yeah, uh, Tongan Thor. Yeah, yeah, he's their he's their cult, cult figure, figure. <laughs> and. Um, in rugby league, we had uh, Conrad Horrell. Oh, Connie, yeah. <laughs> Did you play with him over there? Or? I played against him. Okay, the yeah. The thing is over there, the Islanders are real close. We have a real good circle over there because um, traveling from Australia or even Aussie, all the imports, they were real close in England and yeah. Super League. So you could just cross paths with um, when you're playing other teams or the other imports. You might not know them, but all of a sudden your best mates could yeah. all share the same Come well, from the same place. I was about to ask you that. How did you find the transition? It's like it's everyone's just so used to hearing, oh, I went over playing the Super League, but it's a big move. Like you're moving across the outside of the world a lot of times with your family, your young family, um, and trying to adjust to playing um, in England, a different yeah. level of footy. How did you find the transition going over there? Um, so early in my career at the Roosters, Brian Smith, he actually said, he goes, I think you're going to go to um, Super League at one point in your career. And you'll be able to extend your career over there. I'm like, I'm only early 20s, just getting my NRL career <laughs> started. I'm like, what's this guy on about? Yeah, so it feels like a slap in the face sometimes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But it turns out in uh, 2000 and end of 2015, Brian Smith was the head coach at Wakefield Trinity. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. So he was there at the time, and um, I was on the open market. Didn't really find any NRL clubs. Yeah. And he picked me up and took me over there, and then 
I ended up staying there for seven years. Um, so, yeah, I don't know what it was about my game or how Brian Smith read that. Um, but, yeah, he was right at a really early stage in my wow. career. Wow. I remember speaking to Tony Paul to what, and he was saying he went out there, for, he thought a couple of years after we, at the end. Yeah. He ended up staying for seven years. He, just kept, just, he loved it over there. He kept going and going. Yeah. The one thing that I I know about the imports going there, you have to go there with the right attitude and sort of embrace the English culture, yeah. embrace the culture at whatever club that you do go to. So I went to Wakefield Trinity. They're known for, you know, the Battlers. They're not the Flash St. Helens or Leeds Rhinos um, or Warrington Wolves. Wakefield Trinity, um, and we had a real small gym in the shed with oh, still wow. the steel bars, um, the steel weights, like oh. real old school. Hey, how did that shed go in winter? Was it cold in there? Or was it Very cold. Oh. I used to wear three, four layers. To did you? Yeah, man. <laughs> it would be like tights and then hoodies on the tights. And yeah. Yeah. It's, um, it, it's a, once you embrace the culture and you, my family was happy, that was the main thing, making sure yeah. my wife and my kids were happy. Um, yeah, we really enjoyed our time over there. How many kids you got? I got twin boys, so they're twelve now. Oh, yeah, nice! A real good age to uh, keep me yeah. busy right now. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> um, we speak a lot in our show about like a lot of a lot of the boys we've got, like, especially a lot of the Polynesians, have a bit of a faith background. Yeah. Has has that played a part in your career? Your, your faith? Yeah, I've always known at an early stage in my career, or in my life, that I had a purpose. Yeah. Um, and God had a purpose for for me, and you know. I remember going to the church was called Breakthrough in Old Mount Druitt, and the pastor there, he said, "You're going to have a big future in rugby league." And he goes, yeah. "I can just see it." That's How old were you at the time? I was in year ten. Wow. So I would have been yeah, um, fifteen, probably before that. Um, Schoolboy, that moment, yeah, yeah, just before that moment, and just that whole that whole time, I remember going, "Man, it's 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 meant to be. It's, it's part of my purpose, even though it might it might not be in my time, but it eventually happened." And, you know, I've always been grateful for the opportunity, but you know, I say my prayer before my game saying, you know, Lord, shine your light through me so I can um, shine your light through me so people can witness your, awesome. your greatness. Um, yeah. Uh, that's always been personal with me. I've never yeah. gone and like, said it publicly. Yeah, yeah. It's just that uh, I'm a big believer in you know, my relationship with God is my relationship. It's um, yeah. Yeah. my personal relationship. and. Yeah. Um, as long as I know that we have that connection, everything. Yeah, and yeah. And and sports are emotional roller coaster, man. Like, I think both them sometimes gives you that anchor because you know it's like you have a lot of ups and downs, and you know if you're injured or you're, you're not selected or you're out of, off contract, you know there's so many moments you start doubting yourself. And I feel like if you have that faith, it gives you that bit of more perspective, and you realise there's more to life than just uh, making a team for this week, and it does help. Um, yeah, and we're not. You know, we're not perfect as well. Yeah. Um, I, I know I, I did have a, I'll touch on I had a dark moment in my career where I'd done my ACL um, and I went through a moment, a, a season where I couldn't give value to my team anymore. So I felt like I was, I was losing my identity in rugby league. Yeah. Um, and all the, my life started spiraling down pretty quick. Yeah. And towards the back end of that season, I ended up seeing a counsellor and she ended up. She happened to be a Christian as well. So the, as we were going through these um, through these sessions about you know, um, about our emotion, about understanding emotions and feelings, then she started to relate. Like understand. And then she started to relate it to the to um, 
for Christianity or the um, the Bible. Yeah. And we sort of had those discussions as well, which was really nice. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the things that I learned from her, understanding why we feel the way we feel at certain times and our actions may follow, um, helped me be aware of yeah, my and be in control of my own actions. Yeah, that's that's amazing, man. How have you found your faith has been an, an anchor through those, you know, different ups and downs being a professional athlete? Um, so my faith has, so Christianity has always, or being a Christian or a, man, a, a believer of God has always been instilled of us, uh, instilled in us from a real young age, especially in the Cook Island culture. Right. Um, our grandparents took us to church and I always, looking back now as I got older, it wasn't what I learned um you know at sunday school i learned at church it was more so what i learned from how my parents how my grandparents and the people around me acted and behaved and lived their lives mm. um so i took you know i take all the great lessons and values that my um that my grandparents got to show me as a young kid um and i've, I've even written down on the in my um, journal, oh, cool. it's about like you know, my my grandmother was such a giving woman. No matter what, she'd give everything that she ever had uh, that she had on her plate just to make someone feel happy or comfortable. Um, always had an open door. My grandfather was a very forgiving man. Um, you, know, you could make him real angry, but <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. no matter how bad the situation is, he'd always be a um, you know, forgiving and loving um, back to you. So. Yeah, just those great values that I got to learn from them and carry them through the rest of through the rest of my life. I'm hoping that you know that I can um, make them proud and hopefully that's yeah. smiling down on from heaven as well. I, I love the Cook Island culture too. There, so um, there's a, there's a warmth about Cook Islanders that it's it's hard to explain. They always they always seem happy. They always seem joyful. Um, how did you enjoy your time playing for Cook Islands in the World Cups? Yeah, so I played in the 2013 World Cup and yeah. they. The recent one that's just gone back, uh, just gone, 2022, two different camps, you yeah. know, 2013. <laughs> bit of a break. Yeah, <laughs> bit of a, a long break. Yeah. So one, um, 2013, I was a lot younger. Yeah. Um, we had a really good time. <laughs> I can imagine. Uh, yeah. We had a really loose crew as well. With right. um, yeah, we yeah, there was a we got to travel to UK and me and Dylan Upper just come off the back of winning the. 2013 comp so we're wow. part of that squad we didn't play in that game but being in that environment being awesome. in that squad yeah we we were still on like living on cloud nine yeah, there, yeah. you know so we've gone straight into them camps um on top of the world and me and dylan up were actually late to our first training session because, <laughs> yeah because we worked our yep. arms didn't go off yeah um but just to have that experience with the players there and to see some of those players go on and represent New Zealand. You know, they've their careers just skyrocketed from that point. We had Jordan Jordan Rapana in that squad. Um yeah, Dylan Napa. Um yeah, there was a few names there that went on and had really good NRL careers. And then the one that just went by twenty twenty two, I was the old man on camp. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. yeah, life was a lot different um yes. from the first camp and I just didn't have the energy to do what I was doing in 2013. Um, but no, I... Yeah, I'll come out as long as I'm home in bed by 8pm. Yeah. <laughs> and I had lived in UK, so I was in UK as well. So yeah. it was a two-hour drive from my house. So I was, um, I got to take my car to camp and then 
on the days off, I got to go back and yeah, okay. see um, see the kids and see the wife. And so, some is that much of a buzz for you because all these other guys come from Australia. They feel like they're in you know, yeah. another country, experiencing new culture, and you it's home for you. Like yeah, you, it's yeah. already home. Yeah. So it was actually it's just a bit of time away from the family, yeah, like, yeah. from the kids, the sleepings, and but we were at the same time we were preparing to come back to Australia because we knew we were we we're yeah. coming back not long after the campaign. So I got to play that last game against Tonga, and um, it was. I think we lost by like 70 points. Was a, yeah, we got flogged. You got that try at the end. I got a try at the end. Brad, tuckers, Brad yeah. Takarangi. He, uh, gave, uh, so he ran, made a break, went behind the try line, and I've gone back and done the old puppy eyes. Going, Come on, man. <laughs> <laughs> he was filthy. <laughs> <laughs> he was you could see it in his eyes. He caught it. If he could have just threw the ball in my head, he would have. It's like, it's like he's like, yeah, just have it. <laughs> and I'm just going, yes, put it down. Yeah. Boys ran over and then, because we said before going, they go, bro, if I score, I'm doing the Cook Island dance. And yeah. then a couple of boys remembered, so they run over there. Come on, and they're like, "Yeah." Then we started. Like, awesome. <laughs> Keep in mind, it was ninety to twelve. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> All the Tongans probably looking at us, going, "Who the hell is this guy?" <laughs> but yeah, it was um, a very good experience. I, I yeah. was happy to end my career, my professional career that way. Yeah, and let's look forward five years from now. So uh, your kids are going to be your boys will be seventeen then. But what's what's the future hold for you? So what do you, what do you want to what do you see yourself doing in the next five years, and where you want to be? Um. The great thing about this journey is that there's no finish line. Yeah. I've noticed it's like it's more all about the journey and I've like really loved, you know, challenging myself in different areas. I've found myself in some strange places like in the ABC, an example of the ABC meeting room with some real important people, not knowing at the time that they were important, that yep. they were the ones that were going to fund it, like make the, the decision on funding our show. But just having the attitude of saying yes to different opportunities. Um, yeah. If I was to say in five years' time where I wanted to be, um, I'd actually, I'm waiting for that role at the RLPA. Oh, so, yeah. Yep. There so you I, go. Yeah. RLPA, if you're listening. So I'm yeah. doing some um, contract work with the RLPA. And oh, cool. Uh, Tom Simons is there as a player's operations yep. manager. Um, so we're just waiting on that CBA deal and hopefully – They'll um they'll know what funding they have and yeah. more roles will open up there. So, yeah, from my understanding, it's going to be a decent, decent, decent funding coming through. What uh what role do you enjoy there? What's kind of part of the RPA would you like to work in? Yeah, so as a players operations manager, we still linked with the with the clubs and get to speak to all the players and yeah. have that um that Pacific Island presence in the union. Which they've lacked they, a bit, haven't they? Which, which yeah. they're missing, I know yeah. they've had here and there a few guys, but they haven't really had that presence of a Pacific Islander in there. Yeah, and that's it in many areas. And I speak to Sam, me and Sam White speak about it a lot. Is like, all right, if it's not, um, if we've got 50% of the players, yeah. Pacific Islanders, you know, where's the representation, where's the representation yeah. in the coaches, yeah. in the coaching areas? In the management, is in the you know media spaces, um, in the media space, and even in the players' union. So, yeah. if we can get into these roles or be in these positions where you know young athletes, young NRL stars might think, okay, maybe there is a future after rugby league for me in these areas, and we try and lead the way that way, then we're doing our part as well. That's awesome, man. And I've I've always. We're going to wrap up because we're out of time, but we're just I've always been a huge fan of the way you carry yourself too. So on the field, you've always been a beast, which is um, it's easy to respect you on the field, but I've always had respect for you off the field because the way you carry yourself, um, you've always had that that respect that you never ask for, but you kind of 
people give it to you because the way you know you speak, the way you present, um, and like I said, the way you played on the field was something that was um, everyone had to respect the way you played. And we're so honoured that you've given us your time. We're so excited to keep yeah. following your journey on ABC and and seeing you continue to develop with LPA and and continue to impact lives, man. So thank you so much, and uh, all the best. No, I appreciate it, man. Thanks for having me. It's uh, it's been fun. Come Legend. on, thanks, Steve. <laughs> appreciate it, bro. Cheers.